What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find the gems that may be worth your precious resources. If you're interested in reaching out or helping out, feel free to email us at foundbytesgrs at gmail.com, tweet at foundbytesgrs, and also rate and subscribe to us on whatever podcast feed you're using. And we're now on YouTube! So if you or someone you know prefers to listen to shows on YouTube, please recommend them Found Bites GRS on YouTube. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. Life and Suffering of Sir Brandt is the game for this week's episode. The Life and Suffering of Sir Brandt is a text-based narrative RPG and a lot of similarities to Astrologaster, which is a game that we did as an episode a while back. Some elements of Black Book, as well as Through the Darkest of Times, and some of those kind of choose-your-own-adventure games like Detroit Become Human. The game was released in March of 2021 on PC, February 2022 on PS4 and 5, Xbox One, Series X and S. And a Switch port was announced, but I have not seen anything about when it's going to drop, but I hear that it is eminent. The game was developed by Sever Studio, which is a small team from Russia. And in the past, they've done a lot of small games, more on the educational side. So shout out to them. The game was published by 101 XP Games, and from what I see, they primarily publish mobile games, browser games, a lot of online stuff. There's a series, I think, called League of Angels, or maybe that's like an MMO. I mean, they're also developing their own physical platform. I don't know if that has any legs, but definitely interesting to hear. The game was originally released at a price point of $19.99 on Steam. The console ports are $24.99. And runtime, if you're just kind of running through, uh, although there's not that much side stuff to do, it could take you about 10 hours, but if you're really taking your time, biding your decisions, um, really weighing things, looking through the menus and uh, looking at the lore dumps, it might take you closer to 15, potentially. And for our PlayStation listeners, this game does have a platinum trophy. Me, I got this on sale for $7.49 on PS5, and I've put in a little more than four hours, maybe closer to five. I'm nearing the end of the second chapter, and there are five chapters, just to give you a sense. And no one really recommended this game. It just looked kind of intense, so definitely going to be reading heavy, which we'll talk about, but definitely a nice narrative focus, something to really kind of jump in and dive into the story uh, and really get sucked in there.
So let's talk gameplay for the life and suffering of Sir Brandt. So this is a text-based game. It is reading heavy. So let me say that right off the bat. A lot of reading in this game. Pretty simple. It's a lot of reading and it's a lot of making choices. So if that's something that you're interested in or, or could be interested in or that's your game, even if from like some of those old Bioware games or CRPGs, um, it really takes from those narrative conversational choices. But let's talk about the format and the presentation. So the game is primarily played with a book. So you're kind of turning pages as things happen, after you make decisions. Sometimes you can move your mouse around to click things, or if it's turning pages, you can kind of just hit the shoulder buttons. Um, but for the most part, you're gonna be using the mouse, even with the joystick, to choose your options. So you can like highlight over the different options when you have a choice to be made. And sometimes when there are like special events or time progresses or chapters progress, like pages will kind of appear in front of the book and then they'll dissipate away. When they're turning, it's like you're within a chapter, but when something special happens, you'll see like almost like a news headline or something like appearing in front of the book. The book does have a lot of different buttons and tabs around it. And this is for looking at things like the settings, but also your character stats, uh, maybe a recap of things that have happened so far. There are different like lore sources that you can look at. Um, and there's like a map uh, just to give you like a visual sense of the world. But the mouse is also really good because you can highlight different things like over a character. If you just highlight them, it'll give you like details about them, who they are in relationship to you, uh, what sort of your status is with them, as well as like anytime there's a question mark, you can kind of highlight it and it'll give you information about whether it's a specific character or whether it's a specific lore thing, just so it's like right there as you're looking at it. In terms of pacing, so like I said, this game is set in five chapters, and the way that it's brought up is in this chronological order of basically the lifetime of your character. So it starts really early on, and then it goes uh, sort of all the way to their adulthood. And at the beginning of each chapter, you're going to get a lot of information. Uh, one of the things you're going to see is all the possible like special events that could happen in that chapter, not necessarily telling you how it's going to happen because you're going to make choices, and it's a possibility. So it's like these are the things in play. It also tell you like what year it is, anything local that's happening, anything in the world that might be happening. And then the story kind of just progresses. So a lot of what you're doing, like I said, is going to be reading. You're reading this narration of situations, like third-person narration. Situations are unfolding. Sometimes you're just going to read whole pages at a time. Uh, and the text is pretty big, so it's not like you're reading like like a novel or anything like that, but it is like situation after situation, like you might be reading a whole page and it might be a while before you're actually making a choice. And so early on, a lot of this is gonna be introduction to characters, but that still happens throughout even the later chapters. But when you finally come to making a choice, it's not always going to be just like a conversational thing or anything like that. It's like here, there's something happening, what are you choosing to do? So it's very D&D &D in that way, like you're at a crossroads. Again, situations we've talked about in games like Black Book. And then you have consequences for whatever choice that you make. And these consequences could be boosts in your particular stats or subtractions from them. It could be boosts or subtractions from affinity with specific NPCs who are in that situation. And then some of the larger things, like it goes into your family having a whole reputation as well as world events. And so there's this kind of short-term versus long-term. You can obviously see the short-term consequences with your stats going down, but there are a lot of like bigger things, whether it's your family, whether it's your affinity with characters, whether world events that could come up long-term. Like sometimes it will say like, this character will remember that you did that. 
And so it's really interesting. It forms this complex web and a lot of similarities with a lot of the Quantic Dream games like Detroit Become Human and Heavy Rain and things like that. Another consequence is that you could die. And death is really interesting because it's actually not the end of the game. And we'll talk about that when we get into the lore. But you can die multiple times. Some of these choices that you may see may be locked or they may be unlocked. So it will tell you like next to the choice, there'll be like a, a little lock animation, or if you have unlocked something, it'll be an unlock. And this could be because of stat requirements, like you need one of your stats to be at a certain number. It could be specific NPC affinity, like you need to be good relationship with this character to unlock this option. And this may be the key to some of those possible events that are kind of showed to you at the beginning of the chapter, like unlocking this or getting your stats aligned this certain way is going to lead down this path of the story web. And then you have your character. So like I said, the story is progressing your life chronologically and it's going through page by page in the book. So your character is going to have different stats and there are meters for this in the menu. And these stats are going to be nobility, ingenuity, spirituality, and willpower. So every time you're making a choice, these can go up or down. And these stats can actually go into the negative, which is interesting. But all of these different stats are going to be applicable in specific context or with a specific choice. So if you're choosing something that you know, might reflect more spirituality or nobility, those stats might go up, but it's like very context specific. There's also your family and your family has like family stats and they are reputation, wealth, and unity. So again, the decisions that you make, it's almost like they can affect you very closely. They can affect your family, which is like a bit at an arm's distance. And then they can affect greater things like the province that you live in, like the power, the church, the wealth, and the order. These are all meters. You've got like the short term to midterm to long term or extensive uh, rippling effects. You know, it might seem ridiculous that you can affect the whole province, but these things can sort of have like a snowball effect as you're progressing through the game. And that's really interesting. You also have relationships with different characters. And these will, again, also have like a meter and they'll tick up when you do something that is like positive with that relationship with that character. And so you'll have like a separate screen for your family members and how your relationship is ticking up with them. And that has an effect on your family status. Like I said, reputation, wealth, unity. And then you'll also have like acquaintances that you meet throughout the game. And this could be because you made a particular choice that opened up this line of the web so that you can meet this character. So there's a lot of like consequences to what you're doing and opening up different paths. Again, a lot of this is behind the scenes. You don't really see this. And that's why it really draws strong comparisons to game like Detroit Become Human. You'll also be able to see that your character has undergone specific events or you'll be able to look back at their timeline. So you might meet a character and it might give you like a specific heart event. Like, oh, you had uh, romantic feelings about this person. Um, so little things like that will pop up in a separate part of the menu, just kind of keeping you up to date with like things that might be going on in your character's mind that are notable. And again, you will also die and what's really interesting about this game is that you die multiple times and it's almost like accepted in the reality of this world. So very interesting and it'll detail like how many times you die and like what happened or what caused it and then it'll play a part in like the story. And in terms of accessibility, um, you can actually see the consequences of the choice before you make it. And so there's an option in the menu to hide or not hide that. Um, I've played with it unhidden, so I see like 
as I'm choosing the different choices when a situation arises, like I can see what it's going to do to particular stats, what it's going to do with my relationship with characters. And that's just something that I, by default, was like, yeah, let me put this on. Like, there's nothing to lose. It doesn't really spoil anything. It's just like helping you make the best decision. And I found that like it really doesn't ruin the game or anything that's going to happen because there are so many of these like world events, family events, like reputation, like these ripple effects that you don't know what is going to happen long term. So turning that on really only tells you like the short term consequences. And that's fine. I feel like being somebody who just started this game, it was more like opening the door. So I wasn't just like going in blind and like choosing a decision and then being pissed off about how it went. So it's something that I preferred to play with as I play through this game. You might want to go in completely blind. That's totally up to you. But what I like about this game is you can move at your own pace. Like there's no, there's nothing skill based here. It's just like you're reading and you can make a choice when you want to. And if you want in the menus, like you can go click on the different lore things, like, you know, remind yourself of who this character is, why you might want to like bump up their affinity with this choice or why you might not care about them. So it's really up to you. You can take your time. And I like that. And what's also making it accessible is that you can save and quit at any time. And the game will tell you, like, you'll come right back to the screen. And I feel like that is just such a weight off of a gamer's shoulder to know that you can quit. And it's like, you know, this game is so simple. You're just progressing. You're reading. And as soon as you got to go, you can come right back to where it is and no really big deal. And I think that's such a bonus. Let's talk about the vibe of Sir Brent. And let's start with visuals. So this is a book. So you're really not seeing much in terms of the full screen. You're just kind of seeing this book in the frame of the screen. But the structure of the book, how it looks, it's very eloquent. It's very almost relic-like, like the different symbols that are going around. Like they they almost have like this God of War type feeling for the different things like the settings and, and whatnot. In the book, you will certainly see a lot of writing. You'll see like these still pictures that come up and they're black and white. It reminds me a lot of Return of the Obra Dinn because what they look like is like these negative picture versions that are like pencil shaded. So it's like all the shadow is shaded in, almost trying to like pull away some character from it or some life from it. Just these strange kind of stills and it really is impactful of like seeing the movement of these characters even if it's just a still. And sometimes when like a notice of an event like pops in front of the book, like I said, like the way that it comes in and goes away is like it disintegrates almost like it's being burned away paper. Um, and it's really visually stunning. I really like that. The spacing in general of words and the visual display, it's very easy to read. I just found it visually pleasing. It could be tough on like Switch when that comes out or on the Steam Deck if you're playing it on Steam. In terms of audio, really like the music in this game. It's very timely with the different scenarios and also so like of the time, you know, it's using strings and woodwinds and I really feel it. It is very 
Return of the Oberdin. I know a lot of the music in Oberdin was like commenting on like when you press a button, like it's very reactive to you. This isn't as much, but you can definitely feel like the strings and the crescendos of the woodwinds and stuff like that coming. It can be very intense at times, especially when, you know, some of these scenarios like you're in like a scuffle or something. But other times it can be very soft and whimsy and like a somber mood or something like that. In terms of the story and the setting and different themes, it's set in what it calls like the 1100s, the Arknian Empire. I'm pretty sure this is fictional uh, because I looked it up and the only thing I found was from this game. But it's like this society. It's very strange. It's like a feudal society. It's this caste-based class system. It's very Downton Abbey, but like to the max, like to the absolute max. Like there's almost like this master race of like humans that have these bluish skin Uh, But then there's the nobles, and then there's, like, the lay people. And the game talks a lot about the different lots that people belong to. So, like, if you're of the lowest lot, you know, you get treated so viciously. And a lot of these scenarios are very tense and these situations where people are just treating other people so poorly. And anyone who's beneath you is a servant, and you don't have to look at them or address them or anything like that. And so it can get really tense. And you can imagine the politics of, like, kids growing up and not realizing this right away and having to be taught this and you know being told this is the way of the world but it's also interesting because your parents are like an inner class marriage like your father is a noble or at least like a a low person who's been made a noble and so is his father but like your mother is like a low person and so your father's father like your grandfather is like just vicious and in the, in the way that he talks to your mother and it's really stunning and it can be tense if you're someone that you know really doesn't like those situations or reading about them you might you know kind of squirm a bit but it it is so strong and powerful things that happen to these characters it's it's so tough to read at times there's also like religion they're like these twin gods you know there might also be a religious hierarchy Um, there's still that a lot that i'm learning in this game but there are rules depending on what lot you're in you're in like the lowest lot or your family or some of your siblings like you're meant to suffer and there are public ceremonies where like you are suffering and it's really intense and again the death comes in because you can die multiple times and this is like a known thing it's not like you're dying from a gameplay perspective and you're restarting like your character dies i don't want to spoil too much but it is part of like the society it's part of the lore so there's this strange supernatural element to it that i haven't quite uncovered and i'm, I'm just wondering how it's going to unfold and so i really feel like there's a lot to come the game definitely alludes to there being a revolution later in the game which is something that as you play through very early on you're like definitely this is going to happen like the system and the hierarchy there's some lying going on there's clearly this classism and you know, people right off the bat are just questioning it. So, like, something is definitely going to flip the table. Other than that, like, it is a lot of writing and reading. So, you're reading this, and it's pretty great narration. A lot of detail in what's going on, like, the physicality of people in a lot of these tense moments um, and sort of capturing their mental state. It really does set the feel, and I feel like the writing is, is really good and descriptive and um, really kind of pulls you into the situations. And that's something that I really enjoy.
All right, let's wrap up the conversation about the life and suffering of Sir Brandt. This is such an interesting game. Like I said, it is heavy reading, but if you're someone that every now and then you like a game that's like quiet, it has good story-based like investment, it just sucks you in, uh, it can be really good for like a long, quiet night, just diving into the story, just reading what's going on. Uh, it's definitely like active novel reading. It's super interesting. I really got sucked into it, the story. Uh, it's really easy to just keep going, and it can get so tense at times. Um, and sometimes I had to like take a deep breath or sit back and I'm just like, wow, these scenarios are really tough. In terms of gameplay, there's really not much to it. But if you're a fan of something like Astrologaster that we talked about way back when, you definitely know what you're in for and there's a lot of value here. In terms of value, $25 on console for the MSRP, I think that's a little steep. I think 20 bucks, the, you know, the MSRP on Steam, that's fine. I think that would be fine on console. I'm not exactly sure why it's more on console. But I think ideally, 15 and under when it's on sale, I think that's a nice price. I know the gameplay is not all that much. It's, it's very simple. But there's a lot of content in this game. And you can tell that, like, the story webs, what goes into work like that, especially if you've played a game like Detroit Become Human, you know that there are a lot of different possibilities. And this game is really rich in content and in narration. And I think that's something that shouldn't be lost on anyone. I know I said I would like a lower price, but I still think there's a lot of value here. Gameplay is, you know, fairly minimal, but a lot of content and a lot of story. This is definitely a great one-player investment experience. And so I do highly recommend this game if it's something that you think is up your alley, if you're an RPG lover, a story-based lover. This is definitely a good game, and I highly recommend it. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you.